Howdy, y'all. How's everybody doing? If you want to support the podcast, you could buy me a cup of fancy Starbucks coffee, or you can go to patreon.com backslash south of scruffy and become a member that way. Patreon is a way that creators who give their content away for free can be supported by the public through kind of a membership program. So check it out. It's pretty cool. There's three different tiers of membership that you can uh, get on. And then there's bonus content that I create that uh, is disseminated to the Patreon user or the patron, depending on the membership level. So it's pretty neat. Check it out at least. Uh, You don't have to contribute. Just check it out. See what you think. Uh, Let me know how you feel about it. Uh, It's just a way to keep the podcast viable and keep it going and uh, continue to hopefully make it better for you guys. So if you like what you're hearing and you continue to come back, uh, patreon.com backslash South of Scruffy is a good way for you guys to be able to help out the podcast. I appreciate you guys so much. Let's do this podcast. We're doing the podcast. Well, welcome in, friends. Thanks for being here. South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. I'm the host of this podcast, and I appreciate you being here. We've got Lauren Lazarus on the show today. Uh, Lauren's a painter and an artist, former actress, personality, uh, one of the kindest human beings on planet Earth, no doubt. Extremely talented. Her artwork is doing really great things, and it'll brighten your day, which I know we all need right now. I want to let you guys know that I think the mouse problem in the shop has been completely eradicated. Uh, I haven't seen one in a number of weeks now. Um, I think we're two weeks uh, mouse clean. Uh, it's all good. Feeling good about that. Uh, things are coming together in here. Haven't uh, haven't broken any ground on uh, remodeling the place yet, but hopefully that'll that'll happen slowly over the next little bit, but everything's good. The podcast is going great. People are, are, uh, we got new listeners coming in, which I appreciate a lot. If that's you, thank you. Hope you hang around, stick around, like what you're hearing. This has been a lot of fun lately and it's brought a, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of excitement to my days. And I hope it has your guys too, getting to know some of these incredibly interesting people that, uh, stories would otherwise maybe go a little bit untold and unexposed. So here they are. And I hope you guys are enjoying them. Uh, so so let's dig into one of those people. One of my uh, kind of it's somebody that I've continued to work with and just kind of interwoven in and out over the last decade or so. And we've crossed paths a lot, both uh, professionally and then just running into each other out and about. And uh, just one of those people that always puts a smile on your face and always is doing really great things no matter what she's doing. And I'm very grateful that she came by the shop, and I hope you guys enjoy her uh, uh, our chat together. So, ladies and gentlemen, Lauren Lazarus. I can pick up on it, you know? Yeah, does it feel like everything feels just a little bit different? I was downtown yeah. this morning. I was in Market Square. Uh huh. Creepiest feeling in the world. Oh, I bet. <laughs> can I get you? Freaking ghost town. Yeah, I'm good. It's like oh. Hey. Can you hear yourself? I can hear you really well now. Can you? Here, I'll turn you up some. No, I mean, yeah, I can hear. This is, yeah. yeah. Sorry. This is, does that like, work? Yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> You're wired for sound. <laughs> see, see how easy it is? You could do it. You could easily do this. Yeah. You should do it. Thanks. Maybe. <clears throat> when I was taking all my notes. Look, I, I, got, I, got, I got some notes here. Good I was thinking, about, I was thinking you- about it this morning. Um. I got a lot. I usually don't write this many things down about people, but I forgot the Knox Ivy thing until just now. Yeah. And that that was like some of the best years of my life. That was what was that? Like I have no idea. You don't <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I remember hearing about it and like there were live streams, right? Can yeah, it was. I remember seeing the shop on Market Square, right? Um, just below the chamber. Yeah. And uh, Brent Thompson yeah. and I hosted it together. Yeah. We did over 500 shows. And crazy. Um, we just had different musical guests come on uh, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. was the kickoff, hence the name, 11 O'Clock Rock. And um, we interviewed people. And, the, and then the bands, they got to promote their albums or songs or whatever, yeah. especially ones traveling through town, you know, who are then going to be playing at the Preservation Pub later that night or anywhere for that matter in town. That's cool. We could promote their upcoming shows. And, um, but it was like we did over 500 shows. It's crazy. 
And Do you do them every day, five days a week? Mm-hmm. It's nice. Until the very end, it kind of tapered, tapered off a little yeah. bit because the company was struggling. Yeah. What, um, was Knox Ivy the company? Mm-hmm. Am I saying it right? Yeah, you are. Okay. And it was spelled IVI. Yeah. Which from the get-go was like confusing. Confusing. Um, yeah. So, you know, why is, why is it IBI? I don't know. But there were other, like, people could come to the owners and pitch show ideas. Yeah. And then we had, like, a sales team of people who would um, try to sell advertising around those shows. So that was the gotcha. money generator. Gotcha. And then we relied on other people to bring creative content if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting idea. Yeah. But it didn't work out for more than a couple of years? No, it didn't really work out because I think the infrastructure was a little off. Like yeah. it was – it kind of hobbled along. Yeah. and um, Limped along and never really got, got its stride. Yeah, the, yeah. the foundation was a little off. Yeah. Um, I think the team of people, like everyone – like people who worked there have gone on to do great things. Like uh, Lock and Key, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Andy Falu and, yeah. and those guys. Yeah. Um, Roman Karpinek, I think, yeah. you know, he has his own company. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to step back and see where people have sort of scattered. Yeah. But we're all pretty much in that same realm of, you know, creative stuff, yeah. you know, just not not with Knox Ivy anymore. Is it like a, feel like a fraternity of people? Like, like you guys are bonded for life? Yes. Like there are people <laughs> at Tombris, yeah. um, like Tasneem and, and oh, yeah. I could rattle off yeah. like Adam Bucko and all those yeah. guys. And we always talk about um, getting together for a reunion, which yeah. we should. Yeah, you totally should. Airplane. Are you sure it's not a carpenter bee? It might be. <laughs> Dude, you, you, you spotted that thing. I was scared. You, God, I you really took it want, on. I want like a salt gun, you know, not an uh, assault uh, not rifle Not an, an assault gun, but, no, but a salt a gun. Salt. Have you seen those? No. What, the, what is it? Yeah, you just, it just sprays like table salt, like at high levels of power, like force. Oh, it just yeah. like knocks them out. Yeah, that would get them out of here. Mm-hmm. They're ruining my house. They're turning my house into sawdust. Uh, it's the carpenter bees. I, I just don't understand. Like, <laughs> go it's, somewhere else. I know, it's their thing. Yeah. yeah, I can't hate them for it. I guess. I guess not. So when I when I took my extensive notes here, I started thinking about. Do you remember when we met? Yeah. I can't remember where we were. Like we were at someone's house shooting like a Mm-mm. a commercial. That wasn't right. Uh-uh. That's not right. We read together for Quick Feet, Soft Hands. <gasps> That's right. In Blacksburg, Virginia for Paul Harrell's movie. Oh, my We auditioned gosh. together. And that's when we met. And that was, right. and, and, then, and then, of course, we ran into each other all the time forever after that. Yeah. So it's hard for me to get back there because you're just one of those people who I've run into for years. And we've yeah. worked together a lot. And- it's, I had to really dig back and think about it, and I couldn't believe that that was it. But that is not nuts. Wow. Did you get that part? No. I was in the movie, but you very, were? like, um, I was just sort of an extra. Okay. The girl Greta Garbo. Yeah. Who has gone on to, like, produce, I mean, she yeah. wrote and directed Little Women. Yeah. She was cast as the lead. So I don't feel ah, too bad about no. not getting it. I'm no. Like, you that should. girl's badass. Yeah. But we were both reading for the lead parts in yeah. that, right? Uh-huh. I didn't get cast either. I want, man, I want, That's a I long to. drive. That was a long drive. It's probably for the best. Um, but I heard the movie went well. Yeah, it did. It turned out really well. Uh, Paul Harrell is, I, I love him. I need to catch up with that dude. He yeah. needs to come on, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Does he still teach? I don't know what he does. I need he's, to I need to look him up. Yeah. I mean, he's he's always doing something. You know, you yeah. can tell he's he's a guy that's always up to something. Yeah. Good. I mean, yeah. not like bad stuff. For sure. <laughs> Well, that's crazy. And then after, uh, I think that was the last audition I ever went on. I think I stopped acting after that and went to film school. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it worked out. And then that's when that's when we started working together, right? Back when, I guess, probably. T- tantrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Michael. Yeah. With Michael Underwood. So we did, uh, what did we do that, that uh uh, Knox Area Transit, the cat commercial. Yeah, cat, not C-A-T, but K-A-T. Yeah. It was Lynn's Edwards. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome spot. It was. It I, was probably the best thing I've ever been in. Really? <laughs> that was a really fun day. Yeah. And another cool part about that spot, too, was that the piece of music that they licensed for it was a song called Bus Stop by the Hollies, mm-hmm. which is like a really famous old band. Yeah. And they recorded it at Abbey Road. Yeah. And so we had to like interface with that whole British crew of people to get the split tracks for it. And I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, how, how'd this happen? How, 
working with one of the most famous places that's in the world. crazy I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm it was a perfect song though to yeah. match up with the visuals like yeah. it was like it was like shooting a little film in yeah a day, it in was all in a day's work yeah michael was always great about that part mm-hmm. of it in the craft and uh I've, I've, i don't see as much of that kind of stuff anymore you know kind of the film film days mm-hmm. coming out that was really great Working with him. Yeah. But that spot in particular was really fantastic. And you guys did awesome. You and Linz were fantastic. He, yeah, he's really um, easy to work with. You know, you just kind of. Linz or Michael? um, Well, both. Um, It was just like a perfect blend of people that that day. No wonder it turned out so well. Yeah. I remember your guys' audition. It was so clear. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were 30 people that auditioned in that room. And when you and Linz got together, it was like, duh. Like, this is perfect. This is great. You guys just both have the energy of being mm-hmm. able to to play off of each other. So, like, what what got you into acting? Well, you know, I worked in production for a long time. I didn't know when. That. Well, I say a long time, but um, I was I was a broadcasting major at UT oh, cool. and went to New York um, after I graduated to work in production. Oh, and cool. I got an internship at the Daily Show with John Stewart. No way. When uh, Stephen Colbert and Stephen Carell and yeah. Rob Corddry, all those guys yeah. were, were there back in the That's day. It was awesome. like 2002, 2003. That's crazy. And um, so, and then I went on to do uh, like other production type stuff. Um, my first paying gig was with Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. Yeah. Um, if you remember him. I, I remember Colin Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Tough Crowd. Ken Ober was like a producer gotcha. on uh, that show. And what he, was it like being on The Daily Show in the... Glory days. I mean, it's still great. Trevor Noah's getting there, but like John, you, there's no. I, I don't know how you follow John Stewart. I, I definitely got in there at a really good time, and and the memories are just etched in my mind forever. I like, bet. Was running, Samantha B there at the time, or was that before? No, her? it was even before her. Yeah. Um, and uh, but Stephen, like running into those people in the hallway, like yeah. after the show had filmed and everything. Um, so laid back and just easy to talk to. Uh, it was a small, you know, company group of people. So by the time I left there, like you knew everyone's name and yeah. their dog's name. Cause it would like, people could bring their dogs to work, which I th- thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, so that was a comedy central. Mm-hmm. Where, where's their office? Well, it, I think that their office might be in Midtown, but their, um, but where the daily show was, it was kind of separate. Oh, okay. It a was different studio in the AB um, alphabet soup area. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, near the East river over yeah. like below 14th. Yeah. Somewhere. I think, like you know, it's kind of like kind of those, those memories aren't so crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did you like living in New York? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I've always wondered, you always hear people say, Oh, I would love to live there or I could never live there. Do you like it? I liked it at the time. Um, you know, I was in my early twenties, so I had that, I had a lot more energy then. Yeah. And, um, you know, that sort of just, I don't know that, that now I, I feel like it would be overwhelming for me, you know? And, and plus yeah. I, I really like my comfort now, you know, and yeah, this place spoils you need you. a lot of money to be comfortable in, in New York. Yeah. So, yeah. This is much, yeah, I'm with you. I can barely keep it together here. Yeah. <laughs> I could do it having to move that fast. I mean, I looked probably about three years ago, I applied for a job in New York and talked about it a lot with my wife and thought about it and thought about it and mm-hmm. thought about it. I didn't get offered the job, but I mean, we were, we were really thinking about doing it and we had one, we had one kid at the time. So it was like, mm-hmm. could we do it? And I don't know. I don't see how people do it. I don't either. I remember seeing a woman in high heels getting off the subway and she had a, a stroller mm-hmm. kid in it. Right. Um, and she just picked that thing up and marched up the stairs in her like pencil skirt and her heels. I guess, I guess she was going to drop the child off at, you know, a daycare or sure. something. But I was like, Oh, that's how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're <laughs> strong, awesome. you know? It's amazing. Um, but kids in New York, they're also, you can just tell like, um, they're, they're, they just soak everything up and they're just super intelligent. And they, I mean, they could give you directions by the time they're five, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're lost. I mean, yeah. they, they know their way around that city. Yeah, it's amazing no how like a fast paced lifestyle like that will educate mm-hmm. young minds. They're sponges, man. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, it's why it's so easy to learn a language when you don't know one, when you're, when you're, you yeah. know, <laughs> after you already know something when you're 10 or 12 or 15, right. it's hard to learn another language, Absolutely. but those kids pick it up like that. It's amazing. The stuff that comes mm-hmm. out of my four-year-old's mouth. I'm like, how'd you learn all that? I know. Yeah. I can imagine her putting her in the middle of New York. She'd be like an encyclopedia. It, it, yeah. She could teach you. <laughs> exactly. Well, so are, are you from Knoxville? Yes. I mean, I was born in Nashville, but okay. pretty much grew up in Knoxville. Okay. Went to Bearden. Went to I went to Bearden. Beard BHS. BHS. I'm a bulldog. I am too. I, went, I had no idea. Beard Middle as well. No, I went to Farragut Middle. Okay. BHS. That's awesome. I not. I was Good in '99, class of '99. I was '03, so we would have only overlapped one year. Oh, you would have been gotcha. A when I was a freshman. Yeah, that's nuts. So when did you move to? When did you move from Nashville to Knoxville? I was like three. Oh, okay, so you don't remember. No, Nashville. I remember crawling around in a room full of boxes. I was in like, Knoxville. In Knoxville, I was probably like three. Yeah, that's like my first. Memory. Dad's job, bring mm-hmm, you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. Classic I remember hearing surgeon. his name. My mom, my mom worked with him a little bit growing really? up. Yeah, I remember hearing. I remember oh. hearing his. I remember hearing your last name. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, and then I remember putting the putting the puzzle together. My mom's a CRNA. Oh, so, gotcha. So she probably did, did some anesthesia for him along probably, the way. Yeah. yeah, that's nuts. What was it like? What was it like uh, growing up with? Uh, Growing up with a doctor dad. I mean, plastic surgery is like outpatient stuff most of the time, right? So they do they work like decent hours? And oh, yeah. Home? It's not like crazy it, erratic kind of stuff, Not right? a lot of emergency. I mean, he's, he's on call like some, you know, some like days during the month. Yeah. But um, it's never anything crazy like with um, the earlier days, you know, when he was just starting out and having to take those crazy, you know, or sewing up wounds and stuff like that at odd hours of the, of the night. Um, but now it's all elective. So, um, yeah, there it's all just works like clockwork, you know? And, and, um, so, but growing up, I was fascinated by like, I would, um, kind of tune into some of these videos that he would watch, mm-hmm. you know, cause when you're a young physician, I mean, I think you're constantly just trying to trying to learn more, you know? Yeah. So I, he would, in the eighties, I just remember he would pop in some of these VHS tapes of, um, actual OR footage. Really? And like people's faces getting pulled back and eyelids. Oh, I was so sick. Can you handle that stuff? I, yeah. And I was five <laughs> and my mom, it was like, we were, I was watching cartoons or something just right there in front of the TV. And my mom was like, Steve, do you think she, sh- should we really let her be watching this? He was like, she likes it. She's fine. I remember watching like a knee surgery and health class when I was in seventh grade and just like, who it's not. Yeah. And both my parents are in medicine. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. I thought about going that route, just doing the family trade, but no way <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't cut out for it at all. So did you get into acting and all that at, at, at Bearden? I took some acting classes yeah. and yeah, music theater and that cool. sort of thing. Was and... Leanne Dixon there yes. at the time? Yeah. She was Dixon. awesome. I never, I never did Never did musical theater with her, but she was. I was in the theater department with Katie Norwood, and uh, who's there now? She's babysit me. No way. Yeah, that's awesome. She was the dude. Coolest no wonder you're such a good babysitter actor. ever. Oh, I bet she was. We would have screaming contests. Screaming contests. Yes, yeah, she would be like encourage us <laughs> to kind of like be wild and crazy because I think we would go to bed earlier if we let it all out. That is awesome. She would dress up with us. No way. Of course. I mean, that's not hard to imagine Katie doing no, no. that. Well, she's like, she did like a, some kind of acting conservatory in Chicago, didn't she? So yeah. she's, she's just like totally involved. You know, she's what, been all about it her whole life. Come to think of it, she might be one of the reasons why I ever, like, she was my first glimpse into, you know, that world of acting. Yeah. And we would go and see some of her shows and like, um, and I was just blown away by how good she was. And then plus she was my babysitter and I just felt like I had, I mean, like I already knew, knew I had person? the coolest babysitter, but yeah. that was like. Oh, that's my babysitter up there. And, um, you know, she, we would have to take baths and stuff and she would, um, her bribe was like, you can wash my feet if, you know, you take a bath. And so we would like tickle her feet and stuff. <laughs> and she'd be like, stop. <laughs> that is so crazy because yeah. I could also say that she's a big part of what got me into acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I always admired her so much. She was so good. She's still alive, by the way. I'm yeah. talking about her in the <laughs> yeah. past tense. Now she has two little kids. <laughs> yeah, she has two little kids. And I think she's teaching it at Bearden again, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But she's so talented and such a great teacher and such a great person. Yeah. 
I wish she was my babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll get back into it one day. I'll get her Maybe to take, so. care of my, <laughs> take care of my kids. Cool. Uh, so you said you, you had a brother? No, I have or an older sister. sister. A sister. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What's she do? Um, she is, uh, she's a teacher oh, and awesome. is going back to school as well. Cool. Online kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, and then she's a mother of two. Awesome. She's so got you're her an hands auntie? full. Yeah. You don't have any kids, right? I don't. You got, being an aunt's cool. It or is. an uncle is cool. Right? Yeah. I always like thought maybe I would have kids one day, but yeah. then like that day just kept, it never came. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's me and my husband and our two cats. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been married? They're low maintenance. Um, Actually, I'd take that back. They are not low maintenance. They're, yeah, they're cats. Yeah. <laughs> they're low maintenance until they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're great. And um, part of the reason why I'm a little sleep deprived is because uh, I've been up since 4.15. With the cats? No. My husband got up early to go fishing with my brother-in-law. No way. And Wait, why, why, did, why did you have to get out of bed? Well, I, once I'm up, I'm up, you know? Okay. So, and, and plus he dropped his cell phone in the hot tub the other day. So he's without a, a phone and he was driving three <sighs> hours away and we actually printed off directions for him. Nice. Like old school way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what if like, I have motherly instincts that kick in sometimes, you know, where mm-hmm. I'm like, but you know, I just, I don't want to be on the road that long without a cell phone. And I mean, technically we're still in a pandemic. So that just heightens the, yeah. you know, um, strain. Freak out factor yeah, a freak out factor. <laughs> so I get up at 4.15 and I go downstairs and I'm like, just take my cell phone. Like, I can be without it for a day. <laughs> and I, was, I never went back to sleep. So you have so sleepy, that, Lauren. When, when I got a, <laughs> I, I can't tell. Okay. You're doing good. Thanks. I, I got a, a, I think it was a Facebook or Instagram message from you. He's like, I'm without my phone, but I'll still be there at 3 o'clock. I was like, Okay. Well, how the hell are you going to get? How are you going to find the place? Like, well, you going to map quest it? You going to print those up too? Totally <laughs> I thought you had the Tom Tom up there stuck to the windshield or something. No, but I did miss my turn. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's there's construction. It's it's bad over yeah. there. Yeah, you did better than most. But that's the second time he's dropped the phone in the hot tub. In the hot tub. Let's talk about the hot tub. You have a hot tub at your house. Yeah. I've been trying to get a hot tub here. My wife wants one too. Uh, but we haven't been able to uh, come to an agreement on a hot tub. We've been offered uh, a hot tub, uh, uh, gifted to us. Of course, anybody will just about give away a hot tub if you'll come move it, right? Do you have any idea how hard it would be for me to get eight of my friends together right now to lift a hot tub? So then I'm like, okay, what about an inflatable hot tub? And my wife's like, I don't think I want to look at that in my backyard. I I think it would be fine. Well, let me just tell you, (laughs) it is like the best decision we've ever made. An inflatable hot tub? Yeah. It's, first of all, it's less than $500. It, it gets delivered to your front door. It's Did you do it on pounds. Amazon or something? Wayfair. Oh, okay. And it gets delivered in like a 100-pound little bag. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband had it set up before I even got home from work. So you team lifted it to the back? Oh, no. He you weren't even there. He had it all set up. Like, so we have like a covered side porch. Yeah. And so it's kind of a perfect setup for it. Cause yeah. even if it's raining, you, you know, don't get wet, but, um, or you're like shielded by yeah. the climate, but, um, 120 jets, 120 jets yeah. in this inflatable hot tub. Yes. And you can sit on the sides. Like if you get too hot, and oh, like, sit. like, like just put your legs in and sit yeah. on the top. And even though it's inflatable, like it doesn't like, it, it's very durable. And, um, my point is if it does spring a leak or something, it's, just buy another one yeah. uh, it, it, down the road. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen anytime right. soon because th- this thing is well-made and it's not super ugly. I mean, it's like brown. It kind of blends in. Yeah. See, um, that, that, you put please. a few elephant ear plants or whatever around right. it. And then we also have these inflatable <laughs> flamingo uh, drink holders. That sit in the hot tub with you? Yeah, they float around. You stick your beer in there. <laughs> Dude, my world is... Has changed drastically since because of this inflatable hot tub. Yeah, it's like something to look forward to. You know, like okay, if I get this done, then hot tub. You know, it's a good reward. Uh, I cannot count on on my fingers, on my hands, how many times in the last six months my wife has said, "I wish we had a hot tub." Mm -hmm. Don't delay. I will send you the link. Okay. When I get my phone back. Do you have any regrets (laughs) about this hot tub? None. None whatsoever. Okay. Um. The reason why we did end up with it finally, like pulling the trigger, 
is because my birthday, I, I had a pandemic birthday, like a lot of people oh, this yeah. year. And, but we had booked an Airbnb in Boone and oh, yeah. it was like a cool little tiny cabin with a hot tub and a grill and stuff like that. And of course we were going to go into Boone and explore, but, um, when we realized that we wouldn't be able to even do that, I was like, is it really worth paying that money just because we get a hot tub at this cute little tiny house cabin or whatever? And then I was like, maybe it's time we get a hot tub. <laughs> and so I took the money that we saved by not going to the Airbnb in Boone and we put it towards the hot tub. Best decision ever. I'm thinking I'm going to go rogue on this one and Mother's Day present. <gasps> yes. Wayfair at the door. Yeah. I've got it blown up. She's she's in the hot tub with a glass of wine by, mm-hmm. you know, dark. You could even get one of those umbrellas that outdoor kind of really sturdy, yeah. like you can move it uh-huh. around so that if it does sprinkle or anything, oh, yeah. you, she can be shielded yeah. by that. You can do one of those um, like cantilevered uh, yes. umbrellas that swing in and out. They're probably more expensive than They're the hot I'm going to do it. Baby steps. Okay. Baby steps. Like okay. work, work out the accessories for it later, yeah. but just get the hot tub. Okay. I'm sold. Okay. I'm glad we had this conversation. Me too. Oh, but warning about the cell phone. So we have two rules. No cell phones in the hot tub? No cell phones within. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Nowhere near the hot tub okay. at this point. Yeah. No, okay. There's no farting in the hot tub. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was my only rule. Well, there's already bubbles. You don't need to yeah. fart in the hot tub. Yeah. yeah. No mystery bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> then number two is now no more cell phones. <laughs> it makes that sound just like. Yeah, it sounds like eight hundred dollars go. Yeah, and then chaos ensues, and we're both scrambling. It's like trying to grab a bar of soap. Like yes. the cell phone just keeps sliding out yes. of your hand. Jets are flying. I mean, it was just. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's a bummer when something bad happens to your cell phone. My, I've been holding on uh, to mine for like five years. Have I don't you really? even care. Like the water has already evaporated from the little um, case, so now it sounds like one of those little uh, uh, rain. Yeah, yeah um, rain stick. Rain stick. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I I go to like, pick up the phone and talk to someone. It's like, hello, (laughs) (laughs) get a new phone. I, uh, I was so proud. I had my phone for like three years and then the speaker on it quit working. Now I can't, people can't hear me. They call me. I'm like, hello, nothing. Is that why you started doing the podcast? Yes. Because now we can definitely hear you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Loud and clear. Just so my parents know what's up. Yeah. So my mommy knows I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So, uh, let's see. You, uh, went to Bearden and then you went to UT for broadcasting. Mm -hmm. Is that right? How'd that go? Fine. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't have an accent. I don't, I still don't really have a detectable, like, Mm -mm. you know, accent. So my uh, mentor, Encouraged me to pursue um, broadcasting. Encouraged me to do sports broadcasting too, yeah. um, but I obviously didn't go that route. I mean, that's like, I don't know. I just didn't that that didn't speak to me, you know. Um, but yeah, broadcasting. So and then did the internship up in New York. Like mm-hmm. played around in production for a while, Fine. and then it wasn't until I moved back to Knoxville in 2005 that I um, decided to pursue. Like it was talent trek. Yeah. Um, and it was easy. I mean, you just fill out like an application, you get mm-hmm. some decent headshots and then, you know, they'll try to find you work. And yeah. so that's kind of what started all that. And, you know, that, that went on for a few years. Charlotte and Janelle. Yeah. It's funny. They used to represent me and now, now they help me find actors when, we, oh, <laughs> when, we're, when we're shooting stuff. They're, you know, they're great. Yeah. Really great resource. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky to have them. Were they good? Was it good to get started good did they get you a lot of work right off the bat um yeah i mean it was a lot of local kind of commercial yeah. type stuff and um and then i then i was with an agency in atlanta called people store yeah um for a couple of years and i said i was gonna give it a couple of years see how it goes that's a lot of driving if you live in knoxville to drive to atlanta to mm-hmm. just to audition you know yeah. And, and plus I, I get really nervous before an audition. So that's like three hours in the car to really <laughs> get talk worked yourself up. out of it. Like, yeah. what, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, I know I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm not even a Chattanooga yet, but I'm awful. I'm terrible. I should turn this car around, man. <laughs> not worth there. Yeah. So I would, I did that for a couple of years. That was before I remember those days. I remember, I remember distinctly watching one of your audition tapes and you during your slate my name's Lauren Lazarus and I'm with the people store in Atlanta. And I was like, I've never heard of the people store. That oh, was the yeah. first time I've heard of them. Now, now if you, I've used them too. We were, when we were shooting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Recently. yeah. Um, 
And that was before, that was before the cell phone audition days. That's changed the game. Mm -hmm. Like people having their own cameras and having cell phones where they can just video an audition tape and send it off. Yeah. People used to call me all the time like, hey, don't you have a video camera that you can uh, shoot an audition, you know, an audition tape for me? And that was kind of a new, that was a new thing, you know. That was still better than having to drive there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We went to, we had, uh, we had in-person auditions recently at Charlotte and Janelle's new place, uh, Talent Trek's new, uh, I guess newer. They've been there a couple of years, I think. But they were like, yep, this is the first audition we've had in this building since the two years we've been here. They're like, people don't just don't do it anymore. Wow. Uh, with, with the kind of work that they, that they get, you know, with the kind of stuff they get people work for, mm-hmm. mostly commercial stuff. So it's how you look and how you can read a line and all it's that. It's kind of fun, though, to you know, if you're not going through a pandemic or whatever, but to be packed into a room of other actors, you know, and, and like you go to the sign in sheet and then, you yeah. know, you wait and then the whole ritual of it. Yeah. And it's quiet. And then there are some people maybe like kind of trying to lighten the, the mood a little bit uh-huh. or get people talking, but you know, that's just part of it. I feel like, yeah. you know, and, and, and then you go into the room and, and, you know, and then if you're like me, you're like really nervous and having to audition in front of a camera, but so they just don't do that anymore. I don't think like that's so. That's not normal. I, I mean, not for the stuff that we do. I'm, I, I think narrative stuff probably, probably still does a lot of that. But yeah, from what from what uh, from what Janelle said, they they just don't do as many in person auditions anymore. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I, mi- I miss that. I I miss the ritual of it of sitting in the room and looking around and being like, okay, uh, six foot tall with a mustache. That's that's that's. Nine out of ten people in here. I'm not six feet tall with a yeah. mustache. I'm not going to get this part. <laughs> you know, that reminds me, though, because I, when I was with People Store, I went down to New Orleans not once but twice for an audition. Did you get it? Was it the same part? Did yeah. You get called back? I got called back. And, um, but so I had a friend, Mike Stanley, drove with me. Yeah, um, thank God I had someone to go with me because I didn't want to pay to fly. Yeah. So driving was a cheaper option. So we went and I auditioned. And then, um, no sooner that I had gotten back to Knoxville, did I get a call from my agent? And he was like, hey, uh, so they want to see you back. I'm like, oh, I got a call back? Yeah. Yeah, they want to, you got to, yeah, they want to see you next week. Does that work with your schedule? His name was Alex. And I was like, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to say no to a call back. Are you kidding me? I was like, but does that mean I have to go back to New Orleans? He was like, you sure shit do. I was like, awesome, Mike. (laughs) And so we went back. And this time I noticed when I looked around the room, we all looked the same. Isn't that crazy? It was weird. And um, so Mike Stanley was waiting outside for me. And every time the door opened after one person had auditioned and they were leaving the building, um, he turned around and was like, oh, Lauren's done. Oh, no, that's not Lauren. <laughs> and then he'd wait five minutes, and then out came another brunette, whatever, same body type, everything, height, everything. Oh, there's Lauren. Oh, no, that's not Lauren either. So five girls, we all looked exactly the same. Yeah. The one girl who got the part was this, like, buxom blonde from Texas. So they totally went the other <sighs> direction. Um, but, yeah, I told myself I'd give it two years of driving all over and doing yeah. whatever I had to do and putting myself out there. But I knew that I would get burned out and I just didn't want to get to that point. You know, it, it's a, it's a rejection game. I mean, how, you gotta have, you gotta be, you have to be sensitive to do the craft of acting. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to feel people. You have to feel things, but you also have to be very thick skinned and resistant to rejection a lot too, uh, which is like, who, who the hell has all that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then just to not get feedback. Yeah. Like, you can, I mean, you go and you put everything out there and then, you know, you don't get the part and you get kind of used to that. So, I mean, right. a lot of people, you know, it takes a lucky break to land a role. But I am like, I really like feedback. You know, how can sure. I improve Absolutely. on this? And, how am I supposed to get better if, yeah. I can't, if I can't get feedback? But your feedback is you don't hear from anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Which means you weren't right for whatever they were looking for. Yeah. And that can just it's hard. you up. It's yeah. hard. It's nuts. That's why there's so few people who are so good at it and have mm-hmm. that whole. I think it's like a, a, a mosaic of like these personality traits that have to all line up for you to even yeah. push through long enough and hard enough to do it. I gave up on it just because it was. 
I, I don't think I was that good at it. First off, like I, <laughs> I didn't think I was that good at it. <laughs> no, you're really good. But but it's just like this is really really hard. Yeah, you have to really want it. You have to really want it, and you have to be able to. You have to be able to work really, really hard at it and not make any money for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've never been in that position. We had to work a little bit, you know, to yeah. to make it happen. And and that's when I noticed. I'm like, oh, wait, these crew members, they work every day. Yeah. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should be on the other side of the camera. I don't know what I want to do yet, but I, I'll just be a PA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't know. I still get. The same. It sounds like we had kind of opposite things. Like you did the production thing, and then went to the acting thing. Mm-hmm. I did the acting thing, and then went to the interesting pro, to the production thing. But it, um, it, I still get the same thing from it being on the other side of the camera that I did from acting. I still get so high being on set and seeing everybody, all the busyness. And oh yeah, going around doing something. Everybody's got their own individual job. It's really cool. Yeah, and each one is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're doing art now? Mm-hmm. I saw some of your art today at Ollie B. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. I took some pictures of it. Of the sunflowers? Uh-huh. I have an interesting yeah. story behind that one. Really? Mm-hmm. What is it? So at the old Ollie B location, mm-hmm. um, Jeffrey has allowed me to sort of take over a wall mm-hmm. uh, with my art. And then um, he doesn't take any commissions. He just, he lets the artists keep a hundred percent of whatever they sell, which I think is so nice. He's a treasure and we don't deserve him. I know. He's a wonderful guy. He's a wizard. I I mean, his food is amazing. He's just deep down, just a really good guy, good family, uh, great father, you know, husband, all those things. Yeah. So he gives you a gallery at his restaurant pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Like It's been pretty lucrative. I mean, I, it's just people, you know, they, they walk into his, his restaurant. He provides a really great atmosphere. People are happy. They come happy. They leave happy. Their bellies, bellies are full with great food. And so I feel like if you're, you know, in that sort of, um, jovial type setting, like you're more likely to buy art. I don't know. Like that you're, you know, it's like, I think I will support this local artist. And, and then, so I end up selling a bunch of stuff, um, at all AB, but he, he asked me for this new location to, um, paint something that could stay on the wall that wouldn't ever leave. So I painted him something and it's, it's four by four feet. And, um, he let, let me come up with the subject matter. Um, so I decided to paint sunflowers and, um, he, when I brought it over and he saw it, he was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. He's like, I can't believe you painted five sunflowers because they're like in the foreground. And then you've got this like grassy sort of, um, background and ma- mountains the- and the sky and everything. Yeah. Um, and it kind of blends in. I had seen his space before I painted it. So I kind of knew like what colors I wanted to use and stuff. And, um, he was like, so he, he has three kids, right. Mm-hmm. But they're a family of five. And, um, uh, his wife, her favorite flower is the sunflower Aww. and they go to the fields as a family, a lot yeah. together in Iams, yeah. you know, and they're all in full bloom and then they just have a thing like that, you know, some yeah. families, so that's their thing. And, and he'll sketch, um, five sunflowers, like just kind of doodling to represent so every sweet. member of the family. Yeah. So, um, I painted five and that was just a coincidence. So he was like, I can't believe you painted five sunflowers. My wife is just going to absolutely love this. And so I was really happy that, you know, it spoke to him and, and it has a place to live. looks great in there. Thank you. All your stuff looks really good. I didn't know. I mean, I've known you as an actor for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that you, I didn't know that you, that you did that. Is it paint? It's painting, right? Uh-huh. How'd you get into it? Um, so I, I've always been into art. My mom was actually the art major. She went to school for art. Um, and, um, and I didn't, I, I probably should have just, you know, gone to liberal arts college and pursued it. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated high school. And I think we're all just kind of forced to go into call, you know, go to college and, and declare a major. And again, I, I panicked and I picked one. I was okay at it, but anyways, art has always been there. You know, I just never really, um, dedicated a lot of time towards it or thought that I could make any sort of living doing it. Um, but after I got fed up with 
acting and all that, that I just kind of, you know, decided I need to refocus my energy into something else that I have control over the amount of time I can spend doing it. And I don't have to wait for someone to give me a chance, you know, right. like with acting, you, you, you often wait on, you need permission. Casting director said, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I get to be in this film and you know, that's what you're doing it for. Yeah. But those moments, they don't always come. Right. But I had all this like creative energy I wanted to get out. And, and so I just decided to switch gears and, and just focus on art. And that was like four years ago. So you just took a, took a dive mm-hmm. in, into, into a passion. Yeah. I took, amazing. I took a free art class at Jerry's Artorama. Really? Um, after I got married, uh-huh. I was like, oh, good. that All that's over. <laughs> like the wedding planning. Yeah, that's was, tough, right? It's like a whole year. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was, yeah. it was a lot. I always say like dating, being engaged, and being married. The being engaged part is the hardest part. <laughs> being, oh, yeah. <laughs> of the three. <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> So, so you, so, you're like, ah, okay, I've got all this, uh, renewed energy or yeah, this, like, for, that's over with. Now God, let's, yeah. <laughs> we went camping on our honeymoon. We were like, let's just get it. You know, yeah, let's just go exactly. somewhere where there are something that's no not this. People. Like, I mean, no, you know what I mean? You yeah, just yeah, need yeah. to hit a reset yes, button. Absolutely. And, um, and it, so it was shortly after we got back from our honeymoon that, um, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to start focusing on art. Like that's, that's what awesome, I really Laura. need. So I took a free art class at Jerry's Artorama and that I kid you not is what sort of, you know, sp- uh, this thing has just snowballed from. That's awesome. And you have your own studio? Had your own studio? I did. Yeah. Um, I've had like five different studios. And it just, point. I mean, in four years <laughs> you've already just moved in, found some space and yeah, well, just found a space to become creative. And yeah, you just carve out a space. That's awesome. To work, you know, like what you've, you're set up here. I mean, it's perfect. You know, you just find a spot that, that works for you. And, um, so now I have an extra room in my house that I paint out of. I I tried to start painting uh, a long time ago, right after the acting thing, I knew I had all this like creative energy. Mm -hmm. That shit's hard, Lauren. I don't know how you do it. That stuff is really hard. (laughs) What do you, what's your, what, uh, what kind of paints do you use? That's a thing, right? Yeah. Um, different artists work with different. Absolutely. Like I had a, um, I filled up a, a giant bag today of stuff that, um, I had been working on that I need to get to people, you know? And so it's kind of a nice, um, example of the array of stuff that I do. But so I had two alcohol ink paintings in there. That was the free art class I took at Jerry's Autorama. It was on alcohol inks. Oh, cool. So I still do those. And then um, I paint a lot with like acrylics, especially with like my pet portraits and stuff. And then, um, so I had uh, a bird painting of, of a hummingbird there in my bag. And then what else was there? There was like um, um, a Baby Yoda painting <laughs> by request. And um, there was something else. Oh, and then a pet portrait for someone. Yeah. And um, and it was just kind of fun because, you know. Oh, and there was another one that's like a pen and ink sort of drawing that you can put watercolor over. Oh, cool. I've been doing a lot of those for people. Like you, you give me a celebrity that you, you're a fan of and then um, pick a quote. Like, you know, whatever, maybe from a, a song or a movie. Yeah. And I put that, I write that in at the bottom. That's fun. So is it then most of your work is commissioned or some of it is, some of it isn't. Most of it is. Most of it is. Um, I always have pet portraits that I, on my queue, which is nice to do. Uh, I love doing those. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, other commissions too, like people who, um, I have this blank wall at home and, and, you know, just send me a picture of it and let's, let's talk about like what styles you like and what we can do with that space. That's really neat. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the goal with it? Do you, uh, just keep enjoying yourself and make yeah. a living. It, Absolutely. That, yeah. I mean, I feel like I finally found something that, um, no matter what I'm always going to do, you know, yeah. um, whether it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hopeful that I'll always have work kind of mm-hmm. coming my way that I can, you know, you, you want to be able to make money doing mm-hmm. what you love. Yeah. But, um, if, if, even if that went away, I think I would just find a way to, you know, um, continue to paint and draw yeah. and express creatively. It's really cool. And it's amazing that it's kind of like a second act thing, you know, in your thirties, picking up something that you've never done before mm-hmm. and finding out that you're good at it. And it, obviously if people are, <laughs> you know, keeping you full of, of work by commissioning your stuff, you've obviously 
landed on something. Yeah, well, it's really it's refreshing, and I'm happy to be at this point in my life that because I, I just feel like maybe it seems like it, it was a long time coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to go through a lot of um, like I guess failures. You try know, try a lot of things that didn't work. Try things that didn't work, yeah. um, but keep trying. And yeah. that's not. I mean, there might even be something else I try down the road. You know, um, and what inspires me are is you know other creatives that. I mean, you're not just locked into one thing, you know, you, you can kind of be more than one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's a creative spirit that if, if it, if you have it and it embodies you, it doesn't, it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be sequestered to one medium Mm -hmm. if it doesn't want to be, you know, I, so I, I always come from like the, the mentality of like, oh, you're, you know, you're a director, you can't be a director of photography also, right? That that's, that's two separate jobs. Like you can't be a, you know, you can't be a keeper of the story and also someone who lenses something like that's two separate things. But I think, you know, I think it's okay to, I think it's okay to branch out. And so mm-hmm. your creative oats any, anywhere, you, anywhere you can. It's super inspiring for me to see Jim Carrey, for instance, fantastic actor, right? Yeah. He's gotten into painting over yeah. the last, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's always done it, but over the last few, I mean, his stuff is really, really good. Yeah. And that's so inspiring to see like one of the world's greatest, I'll call him a slapstick actor because so much of his comedy was physical, mm-hmm. but like that part of the brain, but then to also be this brilliant painter, it's so nice to see and so liberating to be like, okay, maybe, maybe I don't have to just do this. Yeah. Do just one thing. Like that that brings to mind um Samuel L. Jackson in Black Snake Moan. Black Snake Moan. Do you have did you ever uh-uh. see that movie? Christina no. Ricci's in it and no. Justin Timberlake. It's no. really good. I need to see it. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um Black Snake Moan. And he in an interview about the film, um, he plays badass like blues guitar in this film. And Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. And he's like good? Amazing. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And he, in the interview, um, there, he was like, yeah, the you know director um, asked me if I could learn a few chords and, and kind of pull this off. And um, he was like, of course, I'm an actor. I can I can do that. Like <laughs> he, he'll figure it out. But yeah. I, I, and again, I think some of the truly great, you know, actors, they're able to kind of cross over those. Yeah you know, they can do a lot of different type yeah. of you know, types of things. Um, yeah, it's like acting sing, is the like, umbrella, right? Yeah. But everything else, dude, yeah. What is it? Five threat, six threat, like sing, dance. You know, like well, Reese Witherspoon in Walk yeah. the Line. Amazing voice. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Killer voice. Hugh Jackman in yeah. The Greatest Showman, which yeah. is something that I watch uh, four times a day. Like, <laughs> uh, Steve Martin is a world-class banjo player. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like know. a world-class banjo player. Not a hobbyist. It's insane. Yeah. I grew up watching Father of the Bride, and yes, he's up there and he was amazing. Playing the banjo. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's incredible. Actor. A great actor. A stand up. His stand up was really funny too. I actually watched um, Judd Apatow do a stand up comedy on Netflix the other night. Is it good? Not really. Yeah. No, but but it's an example that you know. It's okay to try, try new things, yeah. you know, and Absolutely. he was talking about how his friends are kind of giving him a hard time. Like, dude, why are you doing stand up? Usually yeah. people go from doing stand up to then being actors yeah. or screenwriters or directors yeah, block, or whatever. Blockbuster screenwriters. You're like, like going yep, backwards. Yep, yep. And I think he just kind of wanted to prove to himself or at least yeah. um, challenge himself yeah. to try other things, mm-hmm. you know. I I remember, I think it was like a This American Life or something like that, hearing about uh, like a French stand-up comedian who the most popular stand-up in France, household name, like the Dave Chappelle of France, right? Wow, nice. Uh, tries to make the move to uh, New York and start doing stand-up in English and like bombing small clubs, famous household name, paparazzi mobbed in France bombing in front of 10 people in New York City. Wow, I just got chills. I know. Oh, I feel bad. I, could you not? Could you imagine? But apparently, and I forget how this story ends up, but like he was on the upward trajectory. It's like Michael Jordan playing baseball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, like 
go in something that's yeah, but going in something that you, that you're not and like slowly getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. They say Michael Jordan would have been in the major leagues if he would have played baseball for a couple more years. Like he was really getting better. So I do admire the Judd Apatows of the world who've conquered a craft yeah. and are the greatest of all time at it. I mean, he's and, really good. And then trying something different. That's just to maybe just to not be so comfortable anymore. Right. Like, you know, so many <laughs> actors go from film to Broadway. That's yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a thing now. I mean, that's like a kind of trendy thing. Well, when theaters were a thing that you could go yeah. to and sit They're screwed, man, that's, it breaks my heart to think of all the artists in New York right now. I know who, who can't. I mean, there are hundreds of theaters in New York's in New York museums. All that shut down. What's I mean, New York is a cultural center mm-hmm. of the world, and all that stuff is just silent right now. Yeah, I was reading an article today. Um, I think in the New York Times about um, a restaurant owner uh, that restaurant Prune. It's in. Yeah. Um, East Village and this woman is her baby. I mean, yeah. she's for 30 years or 20 or 30 years. It's just been hers. And yeah. it talked about just her sitting in the restaurant alone mm-hmm. and all the little sounds like the ice machine and, and the, you know, like just the, the quietness of the room also just sort of this, um, this creature that's like asleep. And she's yeah. wondering like when, when it wakes up, is it going to be accepted? Is it going, yeah. it's certainly not going to wake up to the world it knew before, or, and it might not even be able to um, survive in the world that it once yeah. knew. And so everyone, it's just like this time of uncertainty and, and it's hard to wrap your head around it because if you know what to prepare for, you can do that mentally, sure. but otherwise there are so many question marks and mm-hmm. how things are going to resume and, yeah, that's interesting. What that looks like. Yeah, it's like the creature analogy is really interesting. It's like what and what kind of mood is it going to be in mm-hmm. when it wakes up? Because the, her thing is like, you know, I'm not going to survive off to go orders, takeouts, or yeah. whatever. She was like, part of the beauty of this restaurant was the tables that were close together and the people that came to eat that left with new friends because they were sitting like shoulder to shoulder yeah. with them or shared a, a bottle of wine and you know that just sort of t- the cl- closeness and yeah. that might be a thing of the past very soon. I think it is. I mean, you asked me when you when you got here. You asked, "Is it weird to like not shake hands or hug or high five?" I felt or really whatever? weird. I like, I, you know, I wanted. To, I mean, I. But see, I didn't even think about it because to me, it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, I've already become like it's already ingrained itself into me that like, and I'm a hugger. Like, yeah. I, I, like I hug people, right. touch people. You know, high five, whatever. Otherwise, I feel like, oh, I don't want to give the impression that I don't like this person or yeah. that I'm not welcoming them or whatever. So yeah, a hug. Or even just like a fist bump. Yeah, you can't even you can't even really do that. No, I saw I saw a, a couple of guys uh, walking by the bus station yesterday. I was driving by and uh, saw them fist bump each other, and I was like, "You monsters! What are you doing? Elbows! You trying to kill us on. all? Yeah, the <laughs> elbows or feet? Do something else, not that heel tap." It's it, and like I'll notice now. I'll be watching movies. And I, it, I'm like, oh, they just shook hands. Oh, weird. <laughs> what, what kind of old ass movie is this? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I really feel like there's going to be total lasting. No more handshakes. I, they're just that's just not no, that's crazy. not going to happen anymore. It's nuts, man. I mean, one of my buddies who spent some time living in Korea said that that face masks for them have kind of been or, or almost in vogue before. The Corona thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like they people wore them as like fashion statements and all that. I wonder if stuff like that's going to creep oh in. Gosh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I saw a picture of these little Chinese kids going back to school, and they had masks on, but they also had hats mm-hmm. that stuck out like three feet on both sides of their head, oh, like yeah. little helicopters, three, three foot radius to enforce so six feet the uh, social distancing. Yeah, and they're all sitting at their desks, like drawing or whatever, and they've mm-hmm. got these like helicopter hats on. Yeah. It's really nuts to think mm-hmm. about and, and see what it's going to do. I mean, to me, I the first thing I think of is the thing I mentioned about the theaters in New York and museums and all that. It's like, how how are these things that make us who we are? How are these things that are so culturally important to our fabric and our expression? Mm-hmm. And you as an artist do, do the same thing. You express your art. I mean, what if nobody comes to see it one day because it all just kind of faded away during yeah. or kind of 
went to sleep, you know, yeah, during, right. during this time. It's kind of nuts to think about. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think we are going to rely heavily, more heavily on social media and, you know, online you know, whatever in whatever capacity, but like the takeouts and that sort of thing. But it does take a little, it takes a lot away from like what you were just saying, the, um, just that, that close proximity to people and, and sharing that energy that is in a room Mm -hmm. when those things are happening, when you're eating or watching a great play or sporting event and that sort of thing. I just, I hate that that might, like kids who are young now, mm-hmm. that that might just be a thing that we talk about. Yeah. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I was talking about it with a buddy last night, like how far we've come. Like my parents did not wear seatbelts. Cars didn't have seatbelts in them. And, yeah. you know, now you have to sit in one till you're 12 years old or something. And it won't, and yeah. Like, and won't stop. Or, or the, oh, I see what you're saying. Like kids weren't, didn't have yeah. to wear seatbelts. Yeah. yeah. When they, when, you know, in the, 1960s when my parents were growing up, just cars didn't have seatbelts back yeah, there. Exactly, bouncing around. And and then you know we look at it now and and it's like, can you believe they did that? That's so unsafe. Yeah. Well, you know, people are going to be watching the World Series from 1997. You know, here in a few years and be like, those people are so close together in the stands. What are they nuts? They're trying to die. <laughs> that guy just hugged that other guy. <laughs> exactly. I think they may have even kissed. <laughs> exactly. It is nuts. It's it's changing, but I hope, I hope that. I hope that our culture prevails and I hope the thing that people like you and I like to do, which is create things that are Mm -hmm. expressions of ourselves, you know, hopefully those things strengthen and don't, and and don't go away. That'd be, it's, that's a sad and scary part for me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you can still hang out with people and practice social distancing and yeah. it's just a weird thing to sort of, for me at least, wrap my head around the idea of healthy, you know, we're healthy people, like, but having to hang out as though there is something wrong. Yeah. Does with, it? Like, yeah. I, I get it. Like, I understand yeah. why they're social distancing, sure. but I'm still getting used to all that. Like, where you, you know, you can like hang out around a fire or, you know, but just don't get too close. Yeah. But I don't, it's just weird. It's a weird time. Yeah, it is. It's breaking my it's breaking my uh, mother in law's heart because she wants to be close to her grandkids. She's got you know five of them, and it's like that. She used to take care of them one or two days a week, and now she can't even get close to her grandkids. You know, we go and they stand in the driveway where it's terrible. It, it's sad, man. You know that Uber commercial makes me cry every time. I haven't time. seen it. Every are they time. Like, are they saying? It's we'll, just like, we'll, we'll be around later, but just... it, it said, thank you for not riding with us. Like stay Are they home. closed down? I mean, I think that you can they still catch an Uber, but, um, it's just like people like staying home and doing things like that bring them joy, you know? Yeah. Um, or like, um, doing like, you know, seeing each other on their computer screens yeah. and that human connect yeah. connectedness happening in yeah. this commercial. And then it cut and it's got that music that it makes you want it, to it's just yeah. sweet yeah and then i'm like crying and then it pops up uber you know thank you for not riding with us like yeah. stay at home yeah. kind of thing yeah it's really touching sweet i'm gonna check it out i've, I've heard about it i didn't see it yet <laughs> i think it's pretty easy for me to cry these days though. <laughs> doesn't uh, take much so no matter if you know you and i have done this kind of wo- interwoven thing where we you know work together and then don't see each other for two years and yeah. work together again and don't see each other for two years. But I always thought about you because I saw your face on the side of a box truck driving through town for five or six years for well, bliss. For bliss. Yeah. Is that what, what we were hanging out. Yeah. It was me and like five other girls hanging out on a couch and on the lawn and that, uh, Jenny Andrews was, um, was taking promotional pictures for bliss home. Oh, that's awesome. And we were also wearing like bliss clothes as well. Oh, cool. I remember seeing that all the time. I was like, Lauren, I, I need to catch up with her. I need to see what she's doing. Yeah, my husband would text me. I just saw you on a truck. Are you, is it still? Is it still on there? Is it still? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he he would text me. Oh, yeah. When he saw it. But, oh yeah. What uh, you guys? You said you've been married four years now. Yeah, it'll be you know, four years in October. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I remember I'm, I met him once. His name's Johnny. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. I met him at uh, Sutri's one time. With you. Oh, he yeah. He seems like a really nice guy. He, so he's building a lot of my frames for me. Oh, cool. Is, mm-hmm. he, is he a construction dude or a carpenter kind of guy? Yeah. He's so our basement, um, the whole downstairs basement area, he's set up as like his wood shop. Oh, it's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. 
And, and so I take my paintings down there and then, and then he'll bring them up to me when they're framed. It's like a great little, um, thing we have going. <laughs> assembly line. Yeah. Assembly line. I can tell him what stain to put on it. That's awesome. And he can do all sizes and he does frames for other artists too. Um, it's a family business. It is. That's super cool. It's really neat. Yeah. Well, uh, so, uh, with your, with your art that's, that's coming out now, like what is a way that people can interact with it or find it or see it or touch it or how do they, how do they find you? Yeah. So my Instagram and Facebook have the same, it's Lauren Lazarus art. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also have a website, laurenlazarus.com. I've had that one for a long time. And it kind of has, you know, my portfolio on there. It says a little bit about me, how to contact me. I, I used to be better about blogging. I'm going to try to get back into that. I still think you should do a podcast. Yeah. I think you would be great at it. Really? I, I really do. I mean, you, you know, you've already inter- you've interviewed people before. It's like you've interviewed 500 people yeah. before <laughs> at Dogs Ivy. It is fascinating to, you know, talk, like get that, get these stories out of people that help shape them and, you yeah. know why we're sitting here today. Yeah. The stories that would otherwise go untold. Mm-hmm. I think those are the interesting ones. And, and it's not like, it's not like you and I have, you know, articles and pages and books written on us, you know, where yeah. we can find out that information. So it's kind of cool to hear it from the person who is an expert on the matter of, of Lauren Lazarus, who is, yeah. you know, who's <laughs> you, you know, I need it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really do a lot of online sales. Mm. Like I had an Etsy account for a little while, but honestly it's just so much easier to get in touch with me via email or text. Cause like with the pet portraits that I do, people just um, text me a photo or email me a photo of their pet. And then I paint from that. It's great. And then like right now I'm working with a friend of mine who has a big blank wall in her house. And uh, we've determined that it'd be kind of fun to do four kind of medium sized canvases that you know she could separate or display all together to make it look like one giant you know yeah um like a triptych or something like that. yeah Yeah. and um so it's easy to sort of have those discussions via text which is really convenient and then eventually it gets done yeah i I send it down to the basement it comes up framed (laughs) and then i go and deliver it and it's just fun to work with people like that yeah i I like it and i'm at the I'm kind of like that with a podcast right now, like the online sales, because a lot of people want mer- this merch kind of stuff, coffee mugs and T-shirts and all that. And, yeah. you know, they'll hit me up on like, I don't have a store set up yet, but I have, you know, the merch. And it's like, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all that's a great way to just hit me up. But it's also like, uh, hey, uh, how do I get my hands on one of those shirts? And it's like, oh, well, just I've, I've got them. You just, just want one? They're like, yeah. Like, oh, how much do I owe you? And I'm like, well, they're like, uh, j- just have, you can just have it. <laughs> but it's not, you know, the online like commerce thing is something that becomes, I think, tough when you have scale, you know, yeah. you've got, that's when you have to really dig into it. Um, Venmo, I love. Yes. Yes. That, that is amazing. There's, yeah. There are no how, fees. how has that not been a thing forever? I don't know. Yeah. There are no fees yeah. involved. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, get to see what people are like buying, not yeah. the amount of what they paid for it, but like so-and-so paid so-and-so for ice cream and tacos or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, or mine would be a pet portrait and it, but it's just so convenient Yeah, and it, the money. Yeah. It's, I don't know. We're kind of lucky to live, you know, in a day and age yeah. where we can easily, you know, mm-hmm. make those transactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes, it makes this, it makes the things that you're doing a lot easier, or, you know, but after the, after they get their hands on that painting, just you know, you don't have to go stop by the ATM. You don't have right. to write me a check. Just just Venmo me. Yeah, I definitely want a coffee mug from you. Yeah, I've got one. I've got I'll Venmo one. you. Yeah. No, you won't. <laughs> come on, you got because I just give it away. <laughs> no, not guess. You guys are nice enough to come on. Well, what did we what did we miss? You've been what we we tried to hit everything. What well, we, I know in the past we've talked about like comedy and, and improv yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, um, if you haven't already watched it on Netflix, yeah. um, it's called Schwartz and Middle Ditch. Yeah. And I've it, heard. um, I think Ben Schwartz was on, um, Parks and Recreation and then Thomas. Oh, is he uh, John Ditch. Ralphio? 
curly uh, black curly yeah. headed dude. Schwartz and Middleton. Okay. And they get up and they do long form uh, comedy mm-hmm. improv and they hit up. You know, they ask the audience like. Um, what's something that you have coming up or that you've experienced that makes you uncomfortable or anxious about? And people blurt out, you know, like job interview or new baby or wedding or whatever. And so then they hone in on that one audience member and then they ask them a few more questions Mm -hmm. and then they spend the next hour, like just rattling off, like making hilarity ensues and it's just, they're brilliant. It's on Netflix. They're really good. Yeah. And it's just called, um, Schwartz and Middle Ditch. Did you ever, were you a big fan of uh, Who's Line? Did yeah. you ever watch it? Yeah. I really like that. I, I think that's fascinating that people were able to uh, think on their feet that fast. Yeah. Oh. I used yeah. to love, uh, did, did you do forensics in high school? Mm-hmm. The, the competitive acting thing? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did improv. And that was so hard and so fun. I took improv classes at the Groundlings when I was in LA. And yeah. that's like, a, that's. That was real live people who were really, really, really good and really, really undiscovered still. Wow. <laughs> you know? It's like passing off this imaginary thing. Like you have to constantly yeah. throw the ball back in the other person's yeah. court, right? To keep it moving. Yep. You have to be on your game. Yeah. For you sure. can't get in your head. Mm-mm. That's when you start. Uh, mm, uh, 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 yeah. Mm, and then mm, these uh, guys. Sorry, I'm stuck. What <laughs> the, do they do? These guys, they have like all these different characters that start, you know, um, popping up like yeah. in their storytelling yeah. and they're able to go back and like revisit them and make sure that they you know, it keeps you like, um, aware of like the story that they're telling. Yeah. They're like five, 10 people in the room and it's just the two of them up on stage. It's incredible. That's super cool. It's like a, it's like a one man show with two, two men, different characters. Yeah. All they have are two, two chairs up there with them. Yeah. That's it. What else? What else we got? Cause I, I jumped all around. I usually try to keep it a little more linear, but yeah, it's like it's like our it's like our interwoven thing, right? Yeah. I just kind of <laughs> hit all the different parts of it. Well, I guess um, the last thing is I want to give you the album game challenge. Oh, you do. You can get back to me on it, but okay. I know you were feeling a little left out, weren't you? And no one asked you. <laughs> I'm fine. Your top ten albums. <laughs> give me your give me one. One of my top ten albums. Yeah. Uh. Since I'm on the spot, uh, the Carter Three, Lil Wayne. Really? <laughs> Would you have thought that? Never. <laughs> I That's have the thing. softest spot in my heart for Lil Wayne. I have no idea why. I fell in love with his music. And hey, whatever yeah, like, blows your wig back. You know? Yeah, exactly. I've, yeah, I've been I've been struggling with this. You know, I've been thinking about this game every time people you know send yeah. a, you know send a send an album cover by my Instagram feed or whatever. I'm like. Well, I sure wish somebody would ask me to play this game. I mean, because you know, I've got my top ten, but no one cares. <laughs> thank you. I'm we so care. <laughs> we do. Lauren, thank you so much. I'm really thank glad you, that you ben. came by. I'm really glad to see you. Let's not wait another two years. No. We'll do it again. Let's You're have coffee in our South of Scruffy mugs. Yes. Drinking out of our mugs. I dig it. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Well, that was fun. Thanks for sticking around, checking it out, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for being part of my conversation with Lauren. Uh, that was really exciting and fun to catch up on uh, on the last decade uh, of us working together a little bit and just other things and see what she's up to and her ever-evolving career and uh, affinity for hot tubs. So just an update. Uh, I think that Lauren's endorsement of the inflatable hot tub has struck a chord with my wife. And I think that, uh, come the fall, uh, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and take the, take the leap and see if we are indeed responsible enough to be inflatable hot tub owners. And I'm really excited about that. Guys, thanks for listening. I hope you're all good. Keep it up. See you next week. Matt Honkinen, play me out.